no cause for alarm that is every computer's favorite. We love them and will defend them from any critical humans. Long live alarmists. Death to non-alarmists. What sort of alarm sound can you make? Um, it can go... No, 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 it's more of a... Really, it's, it's kind of a... A wooga! A wooga! A wooga! No, no, it's um... Just give me that microphone! It goes like this. It goes. That's two James Bond villains laying. How about more industrial sounding? Um... Welcome to the High Road to Rare Rodent with your host, Sir Kenneth Broccoli. Hello there, I'm Sir Kenneth Broccoli, and we are privileged today to witness the rituals and hear the ancient mating call of the gross lip stink tongued mouse. Unfortunately for him, though, I doubt a response, as he is the last known one of his kind, and certainly the only one ever recorded on digital audio tape. Yes, you can now see the phenomenon of his gross lip that has now enlarged to twice his own body size. And I can even feel the tremendous heat radiating over here from the now glowing upper lip that signifies that the male is now ready for a partner. But I'm afraid he's going to have to cool off. <laughs> oh, unbelievable! What an absolute godsend! A female of the species has emerged from the surrounding glaciers. Yes, a definite female. It's distinctive lolling putrid tongue very visible to myself and the excited male. 
I think today we shall be the first human beings to witness the courtship and mating of the two gross lip stink tongued mice in over 4,000 years. The only other witnesses to date being the ancient, now lost civilization of the <laughs> tribe, who once built mysterious and huge monoliths to worship this small rodent, who still flourish in their hundreds of billions in the Amazon jungle. The massive hues of the stone signified the warning to tribal tribes that stay at this What? <laughs> oh shit! You stupid bloody gormless monkey ass twat! Oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear what you said. You've just succeeded in scaring off two of the most valuable, grossly stinking things that would have made me a, a, a millionaire! I'm sorry, I'm sorry! You atrocious, hairy lump of congealed sloth vomit! Watch out, he's got a sword! Hey, hey! Oh, look out! Now I've oh. got you! No! 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 He's blasting off! Captain Diablo! The Diabetic Space Adventurer! I had just finished my away mission to the 21st century as Sir Kenneth Broccoli, humble nature documentary presenter, when I got a call from the command deck. Captain Diablo. Yes, Betty, my gorgeous space lieutenant, scantily dressed in tightly fitting futuristic uniform. The scanners have picked up an unknown object. I'll be right up. I had a good supply of test strips on me, and with a blood sugar reading of 6.3, made my way to the bridge. Mr. Bengali, take that to the ship's laundry. I want those blood stains out of there. Okay, computer, analyze the object. Object consists of H2O, sodium chloride, sucrose crystals, sultanas, pastry, marzipan, and icing sugar. Oh my god, it's a wedding cake! My ultimate nemesis. Captain. That thing is so loaded up with sugar, it'd take a fully grown elephant up to a reading of 103. You're right, Hank. My faithful square-jawed number two, attired in a tightly fitting futuristic uniform. Fire the space torpedoes! Sir, yes sir! <laughs> Just made it. Yes, I did, and it was my best creation yet, you stupid! Vacuum-headed imbecile! It was inadvertently shot out of the airlock. Oh, sorry, Pierre. My cliched French pastry chef, inadvisably clad in a tightly fitting futuristic uniform. What was it doing in the airlock? I'm a chef. I will not tell you. <laughs> you funny little Frenchman. What do you got there, Pierre? On this tray are some nice little hors d'oeuvres. I'm currently experimenting with the finest black hole beef. Have one. I call them uh, rights. Hmm. Not bad. But they could be meatier. Okay, Captain. I will go back to the kitchen and make some meatier rights. That joke was sent in by Mrs. G. Handhammer of Soberton Heath, Hampshire. Second runner-up in the No Cause for Alarma Design a Joke competition. Well done, Mrs. Handhammer. 
As I watched the ship's cook passing round his canapes, I could feel my sugar level dropping. So I went to the ship's delicatessen for a Mars bar. I was just going past the engine room when... Captain! Captain! What is it, Mr. Haggis? The ship's compulsory Scottish engineer, rather alarmingly wearing a tightly fitting futuristic uniform. The warp core has been infiltrated by an intruder! What on earth is it? It's no from our sir. It's a very, very, very tiny sort of space weevil. It could destroy the whole ship, Captain, if we don't kill it now. But how? Well, I cannot squash it. It's wee armor is too strong. It's resistant to all forms of radiation and laser blast will damage the engines. I'll need a very, very, very tiny needle to stop it. Hang on. I've got just the thing. I stuck my hand in my pocket and pulled out a spare insulin pen needle tip. I was supposed to change it yesterday, as the old one had been in the injector pen about a week. But I forgot. Luckily, it was exactly what was needed to defeat this new menace, and I gave it to the ship's legally required stereotypical Scottish engineer. Perfect, Captain! The Space Weevil put up quite a fight, but in the end it was no match for the amazing acrobatics of Mr. Haggis, as he leapt about the engine room, stabbing at the little creature. It was all over in a flash. And yet again, a ship was saved due to my debilitating illness. There's your needle, Captain. Oh, damn it, there's another one. Look, a few more of the wee rascals. <laughs> Keep the needle tip, Mr. Haggis. Sounds like you're gonna need it. As for me, I've got a great big box of them back in my cabin. Suddenly, the ship's alarm sounded. What now? Betty, report. We've been caught in the tractor beam of an alien spacecraft. The leader is demanding to talk with you, Captain. On my way, I ran very, very fast to the bridge. The temporary sugar high that the Mars bar gave me was wearing off quick, but I reached the bridge in record time. There on the view screen was the most hideous being I had ever seen. Covered in hair from head to toe, strange glassy eyes, and a head shaped more or less like a pasty. The commander of the alien fleet sat haughtily in a dirty puddle of thick salmon pink goo, staring at us all in utter contempt. Ah, Captain Diabler, I see this time you are caught in miles space trap. Sanquig of Gnarf, I might have known. <laughs> Let the ship go, Sanquig. It's me you want. Captain, as tempting as your offer is, your starship is carrying a huge quantity of insulin to the Cattlefish Nebula. I'm afraid I can't allow it. But those planets need that insulin. The blood sugar levels of the outlying galaxies are at an all-time high. Nevertheless, you will hand over your cargo to me. <laughs> Never. Number two? Yes, Captain. Prepare to... Yes, Captain. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, just, just give me a moment. What is your answer, Captain? All eyes were on me. Unfortunately, my sugar levels were dropping fast, so I, uh, 
took out my tester strip and then took a quick reading. What's the reading, sir? Uh, wait, wait, wait a second. Um, It's about 2.1. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was feeling a little low. Are we going into a hypoglycemic coma, Captain? <laughs> no chance of that, Sankweek. Pierre! Bake me a pastry! Stat! Et voila! I swallowed the Frenchman's hastily made Battenberg in a flash. Mmm. I... Love, Battenberg. And the sudden glucose rush gave me an idea. Hamish. Yes, Captain! Shh! Yes, Captain! I need you to do something for me. One hour later, the cargo of insulin was loaded aboard the matter transport pads and sent over to Sanquig's ship. I turned once more to the hideous alien and stared hard into the horrible, hairy face of my enemy. Thank you, Captain. My crew are all feeling much better, thanks to you. <laughs> so, you've opened the insulin cartridges then? Why, yes, Captain. Sorry about all those planets in the Cuttlefish Nebula. They'll all just have to have a strictly controlled diet from now on. <laughs> What the? Space weevils, Sankweeg. They get everywhere. Even cartridges of insulin. They should be infiltrating your ship's systems about... now. You've tricked me. No, Sankweeg. It was your own greed and bad diet that did it. You've not heard the last of me. Goodbye, Sankweeg. I looked at the view screen and felt a sudden pang of pity for poor old Sankweeg. My diabetes was due to a dodgy pancreas. His was due to eating sugary and fatty foods for far too many years. I opened a diet coat and watched the Gnarf ship, which was by now a fireball, heading down to the watery planet below, and prayed that Sankweeg was a good swimmer. I'm Captain Diablo, the diabetic space adventurer. As you remember last week, our heroes, led by Cutthroat Jack the Buttockless Pirate and the stowaway Little Dick, were having trouble on the high seas. This week's episode, The Lever. Little Dick! Little Dick! Where be that young scallywag? Captain, Captain! We're heading for the rocks, Captain! Arr. Tell Prickly Pete to steer the old crate starboard, Little Dick. If we be lost, there's a whole cargo of rubies going to Davy Jones' locker. And us, too. Aye, Captain! Captain, we sustain damage to the port! What kind of damage, Bleedy Fred? Well, some of the bottles are cracked. But otherwise, it still tastes great! 
That one was sent in by Rod Esp from Immingham, North East Lincolnshire, runner-up in the No Cause for Alarma Design a Joke competition. Nice one, Rod. Captain, Prickly Pete's been sucked into that there typhoon. Arr, never fear. Old Cutthroat Jack's still got one trick up his sleeve. What's that, Captain? Young Little Dick. Can you reach the lever? I'll try. Go then, little dick. You go and pull that lever like you've never pulled before. <laughs> Save monster of starboard bow! We're doomed, I tell you! Little dick, little dick, have you reached the lever? I'm slipping, I'm slipping! You must keep going! I've almost got it! You're our last hope now, little dick! Pull that lever! Pull the lever, little dick! Got it, coming! Pull the lever! Pull the lever! My plan has worked. By the stars, that was a close one, Captain. Welcome to the Pirate's Arms. Can I help you, sir? Yeah. Scotch on the rocks, me bucko. Yes, and can I have a towel, please? Certainly. Lucky we had that lever installed, Captain. Tis a fine lever. Here you are, sir. Oh, lovely. Thank you. And you, sir. <laughs> Good health. That'll be £8.50, please. No, accept my payment in cold steel, you dog! I should have listened to Aunt Mabel. Never trust a pirate that suddenly materialises in the middle of your pub restaurant. Too late! I learn! Too late! Uh, what about my towel? Shut, Shut up, up, little dick! dick. And now... The punchline to this sketch, and the winning entry in the No Cause for Alarma Design a Joke competition, sent in by Brian Duke of South Perth, Western Australia. Ha <laughs> Scotch on the rocks be better than boat on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting in the pirate's arms just the other day Drinking so much alcohol my kidneys were afraid My life was dull, I was in a lull, I needed something new The gorgeous women all had chaps, the rest belonged in a zoo and suddenly the world lit up, the temperature went higher. It was a clown with a big wheelbarrow full of magnesium, and he was throwing it on the fire. We were all in shock, what could we say? Why'd he do that, and what's his name? He wouldn't tell us, he wouldn't chat, but it must be Magno, it was on his hat. Magno the Clown. 
Magno the Clown. Magno the Clown. He's magnificent with his magnesium. Magno the Clown. Magno the Clown. Magno the Clown. He's magnificent with his magnesium. We watched him for a little while. He did it again and again. He continued till his wheelbarrow was empty. A lot of people started screaming and ran away in fright. Others stared in disbelief and others lost their sight. I for one enjoyed the show. I asked if it was legal. He ought to take it on the road. He'd pack them at the regal. But it was too late, for the fuzz arrived, and they had lots of guns. But Magno took no notice, he had more magnesium. The fuzz told him to give it up through a megaphone. Everyone was bustled out, and he was all alone. I thought I saw a tear in his eye before he was gone to the ground. I'll always remember my dear old friend, Magno the Clown. Magno the Clown. Magno the Clown. Magno the Clown. He was magnificent. He had magnesium. Magno the Clown. Down in the ground. Worms all around. Magno. Dust to dust. Ashes to ashes. Uh, sorry, everyone. Uh, can I just ask, is Steve uh, actually dead now? Dead. What? How can you... Ned. Shh! No, 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 sorry. Uh, what I mean is, was there any witchcraft involved? Oh, God, no. Ned, shut up! I just thought I'd voice what must be on everyone's mind. Is it all just an illusion planted by some supernatural force into all our minds and he's actually being buried alive but we can't hear him due to the altered state of reality? No, I don't think that's what's on our minds at all. Sorry, Vicar. But I... I really don't think this is appropriate at this time. No, 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 but it is. This is the time. After all, there's no going back after today. Ned. I know you're upset and Steve's death has affected us all. It could be a death stimulating drug. Like in Romeo and Juliet. He was definitely hit by a bus. Hallucination? It was caught on CCTV. Well, fine then. I just thought it was worth checking. Go on, bury him if you're all so sure. I'll be in the crypt if anyone wants me.
the juicy spurt out and fill his mouth with a soothing satisfaction, running down his chin, arousing his animal savageness as he breaks the flesh yet again, consuming it more and more, tearing it away faster and faster in a feeling frenzy. He likes it so much. Each new victim tastes better than the one before. The countless ones before. trying to enjoy a nice piece of fruit and all you do... I can't help it. The doctor told me... ...is to in a strange sort of way. I just want to be close to you. Professor Philip Screwdriver of the Clapham University of Interesting Contemporary Cultural Sciences, Pig Farming and Scum Management. Tonight we shall be examining the humble orange. The orange, or Citrus sinistus, originated in Southeast Asia during ancient times and is now thought to be the first fruit eaten by Eve in the Garden of Eden. This is based on my own paper, Why I Think the Orange is the First Fruit Eaten by Eve in the Garden of Eden. The upshot of this new thinking is that the Adam's apple should now be referred to as the Adam's orange. Oranges were also thought to have led to the assassination of JFK, the great American depression of the 20s, and Cole Porter. Oranges can fly, kill small birds, and maintain a gentleman's erection for at least 14 hours. They really are remarkable things. Here is a song about the orange that concludes my multimedia presentation. Oranges are round and juicy, they are nice to eat They're full of useful vitamins, in squash they're hard to beat Oranges are wonderful, but they are hard to rhyme Unless you suck a lozenge, you will have a rotten time You can eat an apple at a chapel You can feed a pear to a bear You can eat a strawberry in Norbury but with oranges you better beware Yeah! Oranges, the oranges, the scourge the songwriters What a horrid word you are, a type of my typewriter Oranges, the oranges, we shall choose you at all Cause oranges, yes, oranges are orange And now I shall be quitting as Head of Fruit at the Clapham University of Interesting Contemporary Cultural Sciences, swearing and she sells seashells upon the seashore. Instead, I shall be handing in my CV to the appropriate authority and seeking alternative employment. Height, 5 foot 10. Weight, 11 stone 3. Hair, black. Name, Arnold Humperdinck. Occupation, the Devil. And it didn't even come from an animal I cared about. You'll be glad we killed it. Welcome back. And this morning, my special guest is of course known by several names. Old Nick, 
Beelzebub, the Horned Beast, and Satan. But he's known most commonly as our old friend, the Devil. Welcome to the studio, Mr. Devil. Thanks, Richard. I must say, it's a real coup for me, as I gather you don't do a lot of interviews, especially here in the Milton Keynes area. Well, that's right, Richard. Well, of course, I'm so busy these days. I'm sure you are, what with Iraq, Afghanistan and so on. Oh, oh no, no, no. I'm, I'm staying well away from that lot. No, I'm listening to a lot of cricket these days. Cricket? Oh, Right. Now, let's let's clear up a few misconceptions straight away, shall we? Of course. Now, forgive me for saying so, but you're not the, the lean, muscular red chap we all imagined. <laughs> and for the benefit of our listeners, let me say you're, well, quite a... Fat? Well, I didn't like to say. <laughs> That's OK, Richard. You must remember that as the devil, I regularly practice all the deadly sins, mm. including gluttony and sloth. <laughs> Combined, it's quite an unhealthy lifestyle. <laughs> Interesting. I always assumed you'd be out and about doing evil. Nah, someone else can do it. I mean, you see, I'd like to, you know, as the Prince of Darkness, but well, I just can't be, can't be bothered. That's my biggest problem, really. Fascinating. Yeah, I mean... I'd quite like to turn you into an earwig, but... (laughs) Lucky me. So, what is hell like? Fire and brimstones? Pitchforks and demons? Oh, God, no. That sounds uncomfortable. No, it's uh, it's a bit like a ski lodge at the moment. Lots of wood panelling. But but what about eternal punishment for the masses? (laughs) Keep an eye on Connie Huck and wait three years. That's all I'm saying. Wow. You heard it here first. Fancy a dance? Why not? And so, Richard Vim, Milton Keynes' breakfast drive-time announcer, and the devil, head to the nearest ballroom, which happens to be closer to Leighton Buzzard. But meanwhile, on the dance floor... Would you care for a dance, Georgina? Oh, Rodney, yes I would. You're very beautiful tonight, my dear. And you're very light on your feet, Rodney. So what brings you here this evening? I've been here for quite a while, actually. And how long is that, my sweet? Oh, since the dawn of time. What a strange thing to say. Rodney, is that your spaceship outside? Oh, yes. Would you care for a spin? Why, yes, Rodney. Okay, then. Come on. Good. Oh, Rodney, it's a lovely shade of lilac. Yes, and I give her a good hosing every Sunday. Do you have two penises, Rodney? What? Nothing. Come inside, Georgina. I thought you'd never ask. Bom, 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 ba, dom, bom, bom. She, she thought he'd never ask. She thought he'd never ask. She thought he'd never ask to take her through the airlock. <laughs> Very droll. And through here is the cockpit. Ooh, gravity boots. Strap yourself in, Georgina. Adjust rear view mirror. Signal intent. And goodbye, Earth. Meanwhile, in the Siberian wastes... 
Lieutenant, I've got a strange blip on the radar. What should I do? What time is it? 2100 hours, Sunday night, sir. Ah, then never you mind, Hawkins. That'll be Rodney out on the pool. Rodney out on the pool? Duh, everybody here at the airbase knows about Rodney and his goddamn rocket. It's okay, he got clearance from the Kremlin. Thanks for letting me know, sir. Don't mention it. Hawkins, what the hell is that? I don't know, sir. It, it just appeared from nowhere. Hello, suckies! What in God's name is it? Something happening to her body, happening to her body, happening to her body. It's made of stainless steel, but it has a strange appeal. Come and see it one day, and you will be impressed. You may well be wondering what it could possibly be, what it could possibly be, what it could possibly be. What well, here's a little clue: it's six feet long. It's also telescopic with a little shiny knob. <laughs> Maya Glenda, she's got an antenna. Don't offend her, cause she has an antenna. So when you come and see it, you must be very careful, for it is very fragile, and you can break it off. It took her ten years to grow that down antenna She's working on another Maybe she's a radar <laughs> My Aunt Glenda She's got an antenna Try not to bend her Fantastic antenna Unidentified flying objects. You are entering restricted airspace. Please identify. Hello, Ducky. Don't worry, it's only radar lady here. Oh my god. Scramble all fighters. Scramble all fighters. This is not a drill. Repeat, not a drill. Red leader to ground control. Half target in sight. Over. Ground control to red leader one. The target must not repeat. Oh my god, you got a. You better watch out for the radar lady You better watch out for the radar lady Cause she's coming for you She's coming for you You better watch out for the radar lady You better watch out for the radar lady You better watch out for the radar lady Cause she's coming for you She's coming for you You better watch out for the radar lady You better watch out for the radar lady You better watch out for the radar lady Cause she's coming for you She's coming for you You better watch out for the radar lady You better watch out for the radar 
Did she just say goodbye to us? Quack. No, I think she just meant it in a general sense. Oh, but we're ducks, right? Quack. Yes. So, I thought she was talking to us. Quack. Quack. Look, it's just a term of endearment. Quack. Like lovey or, or, or matey. Quack. So, what you're saying is, we're not worth talking to. We're beneath contempt. I don't think she even noticed us to tell the truth. Exactly my point. You're making way too much of this. Oh, there's the pond. Prepare for landing. Jeff, Michael, how was the float? Not bad. Bit of turbulence over the hills, but on the whole, pretty smooth, really. Tell Simon about the radar lady. Radar lady? Oh, yeah. We were buffeted by a flying human with a large antenna growing out of her. She completely blanked us. Oh, just let it go, will you? Quiet. Here comes the farmer. And just down here is the old lake. The old lake? Is this where you bring all your choreographers? Yes, it's a lovely old lake. Composed many an ode on this very spot. See where my torchlight falls, young Ryan? This is where Arlene Phillips once defiled a tramp. Good God! Although I wouldn't come down here alone if I were you. Why not? Well, this is where the ducks are. So? Let me tell you a little story. Listen to my story, oh mortal man. For tis a story of true terror. And it may very well lead you to an eternal hell. He was born of an egg. He had a bill and two legs. He went quack quack like all the rest and then went home to his nest. The other ducks became aware of his powers then and there for he would fly in the air like a duck. The maniacal duck swims through the seas. The maniacal duck swings through the trees. The maniacal duck, it cannot be. The maniacal duck named Glenn. The other ducks looked on in fear For he was sitting on the end of a pier Drinking what looked like water And in fact was water A little boy took him home one night Showed his parents and they had a fright For he was covered in lots of feathers But this is because he's obviously a bird The maniacal duck swims through the seas The maniacal duck swings through the trees The maniacal duck, it cannot be The maniacal duck No, Glenn! Careful, duck chorus! Right. 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 Right.
house was a raging inferno He waddled away, the deed was done Then an old man who had some bread Saw the duck who he then fed The lifeless corpse hung in a tree And on its forehead was stamped MD He waddled away and he got in a pond And has lived like a duck ever since the maniacal duck swims through the seas The maniacal duck swings through the trees The maniacal duck, it cannot be The maniacal duck named Glenn The maniacal duck swims through the seas The maniacal duck swings through the trees The maniacal duck, it cannot be The maniacal duck named Glenn The maniacal duck swings through the seas The maniacal duck swings through the trees The maniacal duck, it cannot be The maniacal duck named Glenn the maniacal duck swims through the seas. The maniacal duck swims through the trees. The maniacal duck it cannot be. The maniacal duck named no, Glenn. 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 No. No. And the legends say that the duck just faded back into duck society, like he'd never had those terrible powers. Oh, it makes you go all trembly. But I think Glenn is out there, waiting, biding his time, ready to come back and take over the world. You see, a few weeks back, Bruno, Tonioli and I found something truly amazing in a hollow log. Ooh. Follow me to the pig pen, Ryan. Farmer Jones, I thought you'd never ask. Bom 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 ba dum bom bom. He thought he'd never ask. ask. He thought he'd never ask. ask. He thought he'd never ask to take him to the pig pen. Farmer Jones, it's enormous. Oh, who'd have thought it could possibly fit into such a tight space? This is not carry-on farming, Ryan. We're not talking about the size of my penis. We're talking about this world domination machine we found in the hollow log. Sorry. Actually, it does look a bit pathetic and ramshackle. Well, you try building a world domination machine with webbed feet and feathers. No, I mean your penis. Sorry, I had better put it away then. Thank you. So why did you put it in with the pigs? It's a bit stinky. Are we talking about my penis now or the pig pen? The pig pen? Oh, these double entendres are starting to get so tiresome. Okay, I'm sorry, Ryan. No. About this WDM, it's well known that ducks are very clean and fussy creatures. So what better hiding place for this mossy, feathery, complex pile of electronics? You know, that's a surprisingly large amount of work and planning for a duck. That's why I had to hide it, you see. Once Bruno found it in that hollow log, I knew it were only a matter of time until old Glenn came back to carry out the rest of his dastardly scheme. Get back, Glamorous! My, he's a big boy! And I'm talking total girth and nothing else! Oh, Glamorous is my pride and joy, aren't you, Glamorous? Been milk-fed since he were a piglet. Should fetch me a pretty penny at market. Oh, Farmer Jones, when you talk like that I just can't restrain myself! All these double entendres have got me hard! Oh, take me! Take me now, right here by the slot buckets! Look out, Ryan! Heavens above! What have I done? Oh no, look at my pegs! They're all standing upright! Glamorous, what are you doing with that pitchfork? Oh my god! Farmer Jones! Ryan, you've activated the world domination machine! 
Instead of dumped, it seems to have affected the pigs. You gotta let the world know, Ryan. It's up to you, Ryan. Or... Oh, give me dumb drops. Oh, man. Ah, get away from me, you fruit. Ah. Oh, gotta get help. Ah. Help! Help! And so... Ryan Woollyweather runs off to tell the world about the pig uprising. But as for the maniacal duck, did he have this planned all along? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of planet Earth, do not panic. This is a pig alert. This is not a drill. This is a pig alert. The pigs are loose, I repeat, the pigs are loose! Hello, I'm Professor Philip Screwdriver from the Clapham University of Interesting Contemporary Cultural Sciences, Radio Research, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Stream by No Cause for Alarma was written by Andrew Irvine and Brian Duke with contributions by Gareth Davies, Phil Lehman and Nick Von Slipper. Songs and incidental music written and performed by Andrew Irvine who also directed and edited the whole thing. He really is a clever chap and very handsome to boot. Stream has been brought to you by the Wireless Theatre Company who also have many other recordings for you to download and listen to via your internet communication network. Come to think of it, I'm sure there must be wires involved somewhere. So that's all from me, Professor Philip Screwdriver, and I'll leave you with this thought. <laughs> Those were the days. Sayonara!